You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. Uh, this is our sixth episode covering the Freemaker Adventures for the eleventh uh, and twelfth episodes of Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures: Escape from Coruscant and Freefall. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me uh, again, uh, filling in format is uh, Jonah Marie. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good. So, um. You were just on. We we just did a, a um, Forces of Destiny episode not that long ago, right? And I don't usually have repeat guest hosts, except uh, none of my Star Wars friends watched the Freemaker Adventures. Shame, for I know, shame. Right? They could have like, been on the show. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me because the show. <laughs> I think a lot of this season, because I still have the, I no spoilers, I still have the season finale to watch. Cause, oh, cool. Because I'm watching them, like, just so that I'm not, like, talking in this episode, like, I know what's going to happen in the finale, right? So yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been delaying that, and so, like, I'm probably going to watch it, like, tomorrow or the next day, because I can't wait until next week to watch it. <laughs> um, Very cool. But I, I, I... I don't know where I was going with that, I, I, but basically just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been going through this piece by piece, but I don't understand why my friends uh, aren't watching. Oh, I was going to say, um, most of the episodes this season for Freemaker Adventures in its second season, I think were better than a vast majority of Star Wars Rebels in season three. Um, like, there are, there are episodes of Freemaker season two that I will gladly rewatch. There are episodes of Star Wars Rebels in season three that I will avoid at all costs. <laughs> so like that, I think I feel like that kind of tells you, you know, where we're at um, with, with Freemaker Adventures. Um, Rebels obviously is getting ready for its final season. We just got a trailer. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, there's a few things in the trailer to talk about, but I think that Matt and I will probably break that down uh, next week a, a, a little bit more because next week we're just going to be talking about the the finale for Freemaker Adventures. It's just one episode. Um, mm. But in the interest of keeping things tight this week, 
We're just going to really quickly. So there was a trailer. Go watch it. Rebelspodcast.com or go to YouTube.com slash Star Wars and watch the, the Rebels season four trailer. Um, because there's some really cool stuff in there. There's lots more space wolves. Um, there's some vaporized Mandalorians. Kanan um, and Hera. Kanan and Hera, <laughs> like, yeah, like like some serious heat going on there. Um, <laughs> which I'm, I know I'm in, I'm in the the Kanan Hera shipper club. How do Yay! you? It's it's. <laughs> What is it? It's it's Canera. Is that what it Canera. is? Canera. Yeah. yeah, Canera. <laughs> yeah, so hard to pronounce, but it's really easy to write these things. It's impossible to say them, um, <laughs> just like a Star Wars script. But I, I, I like since day one, and I would go so far as to say since like day zero, because um, in so the first time that we saw the two of them together was in uh, in one of the shorts right before the yeah. before the series premiered and you got a little hint of it there just a little tiny little sparky hint and <laughs> then a new dawn uh, uh yeah new dawn just new dawn yeah, yeah. Uh, a new dawn yeah a new dawn yeah. yeah in a new dawn like there's serious overtones undertones overtones midtones all of the tones are that Kanan is is totally into Hera. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> and why wouldn't you be? Because Hera is amazing. The best. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean we've all but gotten Space Mom and Space Dad confirmed. So <laughs> I yeah, I, I mean I that that is probably the thing that I'm the most excited about in season four is just um them finally solidifying that relationship moments before Kanan dies. <laughs> I, and you know, I'm I'm I feel like I'm emotionally prepared. Uh you know, it's you know it's like when a when a pet gets sick and you're like, oh my pet is sick. No. Oh, this pet's probably not gonna no, this cat, no, this cat's nine years old. It's it's sick. There's nothing I can do about it. And then you just kind of, you emotionally prepare yourself for it. That's and where I just, am with Kanan. It just doesn't, no matter how much you prepare for it, though, it's just. Oh, it's still, yeah, it's still going to hurt. going to hurt. It's yeah. still going to hurt. But <laughs> I think that I'll be able to accept it a lot easier. I won't be up. I won't. I, it's going to hurt. Like, it's going to hurt in my heart. But I'm not going to be uh, angry about it. I don't It's not, oh, my God, they killed Kane and I can't believe it. No, like. <laughs> He's a Jedi. It's pre a new hope. If Ezra makes it out of this, I'm going to be sort of, you know, cocking one eyebrow because it's like, wait a second. Um, and, and you know, uh, Rowan's well, they're existence. Well, Jedi by their own definition. True. So, True. Yeah. So it's a different sort of approach that you yeah. can think of it. Is it from a different point of view? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, yeah, I don't, ex- I don't expect Kanan. It, they've their writing's been on the wall since the end of season two, that that's his eventual, um, his eventual s- s- end of his story is 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 him sacrificing himself for for the rest of the uh, the Ghost Crew. So I, I just say like that trailer was very much foreshadowing that for me. But um, in, enough about Star Wars Rebels. Because we got, we have to get to the Freemaker Adventure stuff. But before we do, it's really important that we acknowledge the uh, the the Gundark in the room, uh, which is that uh, Colin Trevorrow has been uh, relieved of his duties. 
uh, as as the director of episode nine. And um, again, we're not going to get into the weeds on this one. I'm sure Matt's going to have a lot to say about it. Um, I'll just put it out there for anybody who's currently worried. I wouldn't worry. I think that this is a shrewd decision. I think that this is a decision on the same level as um, as as what happened with Josh Trank, as well as what happened with with uh, Lord and Miller. Um, I, I think I think if anything, this is Kathleen Kennedy learning from those mistakes and saying like, no, we got to put a we got to put a stop to it right now because this movie's got to go into production in like a few months. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. And I mean, like because of the fact that it's going to be a May release for that one, I think they have a little bit of extra time. So it's not like they're going to go into production in January, but probably like February, March is when they were expecting to. And now they have to, they're going to have to move quickly. Um, I will say that, that, that my number one pick, uh, to replace him is Ryan Johnson because everything we've seen for the last Jedi looks just impeccable like just like i you can't argue with any of it it's just like okay yeah he's he's making a good star wars movie i find it very amusing though that a lot of people want ryan johnson without having seen the movie entirely because totally you know sometimes you know a book is very pretty but once you start getting into it you're like well this is not really what i expected you know i (laughs) i think i think when you look at what he's produced that we've seen, right? Because obviously mm-hmm. the movie is probably fairly close to done. Um, as, cause as we're talking, like this is September, we're a few months away, like three months away, basically from, from a star Wars movie, which, Oh man, the anxiety starts now. <laughs> uh, when do tickets go on sale? I, I, I'm just going to be refreshing my, my local movie theaters website. Um, <laughs> but I, I, Based on what we've seen and based on the way that he's talked about it, and I think most notably based on the fact that um, that that a few of the people involved in the movie are are and people like if if the movie was was off track, Mark Hamill would be like, yeah, I don't uh, it's good. And that's all he would say. He just like, <laughs> or he'd just say something like, well, I guess you're going to have to wait until December and find out. But he's not. He's like. You guys, I had an idea of what this movie was going to be, and uh, I thought I was convinced. And then, and then I read the script, and I thought, no, this is wrong. And then I talked to Ryan Johnson, and I was like, oh no, actually, you're right. <laughs> so, when Mark <laughs> Hamill, the biggest geek in Star Wars, um, is is willing to say, trust us, the movie's going to be good. Don't read the articles. Don't watch the TV spot. Like, stay away, right? The, the, right? the hashtag, wait for eight, right? I think that that's Mark Hamill saying, like, like this movie's going to be incredible, and you guys need to don't ruin it. Don't ruin any of these moments. And like, the thing that I'm dreading the most, the most, is that in the final trailer, which we'll probably get in about two months, in the final trailer... They're gonna show Luke igniting his lightsaber, and if they mm-hmm. do that, I'm gonna I'm just gonna lose my mind because I don't <laughs> want to see it in a trailer. I want to see it on the big screen, right? Right. And right. I want to sit through that movie until that happens. Going, is it gonna happen? Just like I sat through the Force Awakens, going, "Where's Luke?" Right. Like I, I want when he says it's time for the Jedi to end. I want us to have to wait for him to come around on that and for that moment to be 
green lightsaber, you know, let's get to work sort of thing. Uh, right, right. Yeah. So, so I, I, all of that stuff makes me think that Ryan Johnson is doing a fantastic job. Um, and then just from a visual standpoint, the, the, the visual language that he's added to star Wars that we've seen in the trailers is, um, it's, it's just incredible. It's, he's, he's taken it and he's added this layer of sophistication that, um, the last time we saw that happen was the jump between a new hope and empire. And there were a lot of technological achievements in, in the prequels, but I don't think that they really like elevated the star Wars franchise in the same way that, that the jump from a new hope to empire did. And Mm. then the force awakens did a few things to be like, Oh, check out what we can do with star Wars in, in the modern era. But the last Jedi, there's just like that, the grit to it and sort of the, the, the visceral feeling of a lot of it. It's just that really, as, as somebody who went to film school and studied film, it, to me, it's like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is kind of a little bit of the flavor that I think people wanted from Rogue One that I think was missing a little bit um, mm. in terms of the visual language. Rogue One's story definitely had that and the characters had that that grit but i feel like visually it looked an awful lot like a star wars movie but but the last jedi looks like a star wars movie but it looks like a star wars movie just like cranked a little bit higher on the contrast and the the uh the 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 grainy grittiness of it and and i really like that so um yeah like just all that stuff comes together to make me go like just just let him finish the trilogy. Like, like if, <laughs> if he's doing a good job with the last Jedi, um, then, then just let him, let him, you know, run it into the end zone and spike it. So, um, gotcha. and the other part of that is that I just don't think that there's time. I don't think there's time for them to make another misstep. I think that, that when they hired Ron Howard, like that was the, 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 sort of the canary in the coal mine of like things are hectic things are a little bit crazy we need an expert to come in and do this that like that that we don't have to watch right that like kathleen kennedy can be like you've got this right because i have this other fire over here that i have to deal with that i haven't told anybody about yet that (laughs) is episode nine and um and and i like that's why they brought ron howard in so because he's a professional in every like definition of the word right so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think that it's that sort of thing and i think there's a little bit of speculation from people going like oh bring in this guy bring in this person and if we've learned anything in the last few years it's it's like don't you can't grab these up and coming uh young or sort of inexperienced directors to just take a star wars movie right um it takes a, I think, a real pro to be creative within those restraints, and 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 that's sort of you know they they've been picking all of these great creatives who've made other really great films, but um, they're not necessarily the right fit for Star Wars, and then asking them to make a Star Wars movie with the restraints of what a Star Wars movie is. And, and, and obviously it hasn't worked, right? right. It, this happened with Marvel when they brought in Edgar Wright to do Ant-Man 
And they learned very quickly, no, you got to get people who know how to work within the, the, the mold. And, mm-hmm. um, and the most successful pair that they've, or the most successful directors that they've had have been the Russo brothers. And I think that's because the Russo brothers come from TV where like when you're directing TV, you don't get to determine what the style of the show is, right? You're right. coming in to direct an episode of a series and it needs to be consistent. So it's kind of like they kind of need to take a little bit more of that tact with it um, or rely on directors who are able to work within those restraints. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really good um, seasoned directors like Ron Howard and Ryan Johnson. So, And if you've seen Ryan Johnson's other movies, I think that it's a no brainer that he's going to make a good Star Wars movie. Like if you've seen <laughs> Looper, it's like, yeah. He'll be fine because <laughs> Looper is a difficult screenplay to turn into a good movie and he did it. So, so I have full confidence in him and I hope that he's the one that, that finishes off this trilogy. And then afterwards, who knows, but cool. Who, do you have another pick is, is, do you have somebody else in mind? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't, I, I, it's funny because when I see the Star Wars community go crazy over these announcements, yeah. I'm just like, okay, um, that's I'm just gonna get back to work here because yeah. honestly, the, that sort of stuff doesn't really interest me. I just I'm just I'm just excited for the story, whatever story mm-hmm. comes my way. So I, I never really pay attention to other than animation. Like I, I like to pay attention to the creators in when it comes to animation, but when it comes to the films, I'm just really not attached to anything that they do behind the scenes. So as long as the the story is good, I'm, I'm okay. But yeah, it, it's funny when I, the community is just like on fire and I'm just like, Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm, I'm generally the same way. Like a lot of the time these controversial things happen and I'm the guy going like, like everybody just like take a step back. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. Like, it's not, first of all, they're movies, Star Wars. It's all made up. Relax. <laughs> right. And it's like, like, like any Star Wars is good. Star Wars. I give Rogue One a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of grief because it's not necessarily my style of star Wars, but at the end of the day, I'd rather watch that than a lot of movies because it's star Wars. So as long as it's, as long as we're hitting that quality level, it doesn't really matter. The rest of it's just kind of sprinkles on a cupcake, right? It's like, yeah, I, I, Oh, you, you got the little ball sprinkles. I prefer the little, the little confetti sprinkles. What, yeah. Like they're sprinkles. They're just little sugar balls. They're sugar things, right? Like it's the cupcake that matters. So exactly. as long as you make a cupcake properly, put whatever sprinkles you want on it. Um, now, cupcakes, preferably made by Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. Bring it back to Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures. So with that... Let's let's get into the uh, the recap. Cool. General Sindula sent me. Imagine making a single ship that could turn the tide of this war. The Arrowhead. I can build it. Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures. No, 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 no. Okay, so we're starting with Escape from Coruscant, which picks up immediately where the last episode left off um, with uh, uh, 
Rowan has been captured by Darth Vader and he's being brought before Palpatine. Um, and I, I, it's just like, it's, it's Palpatine and Vader, I think are, are probably the best part of the show. Oh yeah. For they're they're like, hilarious duo. They're so good. Like the way that they play them off is as, as, um, like the thing that I really love is that Palpatine is inept. Um, I, Grabala is inept, you know, like so many <laughs> of these characters are just dummies in this version of star Wars, but Vader and MOC are not. And like oh, Vader no. is, is still very capable even within the Lego star Wars world. Um, he's got his good comedic moments as well, but for the most part, it's, it's, he's, he's pretty intimidating even in Lego form, which I think is yeah a testament to the character. Right. But yeah, um, especially how he manipulates Rowan later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Palpatine's character in, in Freemaker Adventures is just so amped up and heightened. Um, and I love it. And I like the, the, um, when, when he starts giving his, his whole like dark side pitch to, to (laughs) Rowan, like he's got the, the, the PowerPoint presentation. The dark side in you. Yeah. Yeah. The dark side. It's, it's so good. Um, it's just, it's just played up in, in such a pitch perfect way. And, and, and the thing with it, I think it's really difficult to keep that character consistent when he's being that silly and out there. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's different from the movie version of the character, but they managed to always hit that, that perfect tone where he's never too silly. He's always like just silly enough. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, let me see. And then we basically flip back to, uh, to the Alliance and to, uh, Xander and Cordy getting back to the Alliance and, and saying like, we need your help. Um, Rowan's been captured by Darth Vader and he's on Coruscant. We got to go get him. And, uh, and, and they're, you know, it's, it's, these are the moments where like the real star Wars starts to kind of infringe on the Lego star Wars. <laughs> um, and you get this moment of like, sorry, but there's a second death star. And, I'm afraid that we're going to have to deal with that. Like that is way scarier than, than, you know, the fate of one person. Um, right. Like it's a, it's a much larger thing. And, and it's this, it's this terrible decision that the, that the Alliance council has to make. Um, and especially uh, Hera is one of those characters. Right. Um, that's there. And, and, you know, we know Hera incredibly well. Um, and, and you know, that it, it would pain her to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I'm sorry, but you know, the, the, the rebellion kind of comes first. We have to, we have to stop the empire, um, before they can complete the second death star. Right. Um, I mean, it's, and it sticks to her character really. Cause mm-hmm. she's always been that way. You know, she always thinks of the bigger mission, the yeah. bigger picture at hand. Yeah, I mean, in the in the trailer for season four, there's even a moment where Kanan kind of calls her out on that of like, yeah, sort of saying, "What's more important to you, the rebellion or your family?" Right. Um, so yeah, like, and the interesting thing about Hera 
in Freemaker Adventures is that this is long after the events of the final season of Star Wars Rebels. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to to watch season four of Rebels and then think back on these episodes and maybe even rewatch the Freemaker Adventures um, to to maybe connect some dots with what with what Hera went through in Star Wars Rebels and the way that she deals with things in the Freemaker adventures, because I do think that a lot of the way that she, she treats Rowan is because of uh, Ezra is because of, of, of that part of her past. Gotcha. So, so I like, you know, the, the sort of looking towards the rebellion and, and, and almost turning your back on, on an individual rebel. It's, uh, I think that we're going to see some, some of that in rebel season four and this is one of those places where where the story group obviously had a hand in this right they they're like yeah well Hera can be the one to say these things because that's part of her character right Mm. um and it's what it's just one of the greatest strengths of of lucasfilm post disney there's a there's a lot of stuff post disney that's kind of off the rails like the comic books where it's just kind of like Okay, and then Luke Skywalker fights Darth Vader, and he's on a speeder bike when he does it. And okay, uh, and they're very exaggerative. Yeah, and then in the next episode, in the next issue, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker fights Boba Fett and survives somehow, even though he's had no training whatsoever at this point because it's <laughs> right after a new hope, like stuff like that. I'm like, okay, comics, relax a little bit, you know, like you're. you're <laughs> You're, you're trying to be a little bit too cool. It's like when somebody shows up in a leather jacket and you're like, you're not pulling that off. <laughs> but but um, but with the animated stuff, uh, they they they've done a really good job with the story group of making sure that all these things are connected. Um, and I'm I I'm still waiting for Freemaker Adventures stuff to to filter backwards into other things. Same. Um, uh, because I I feel like I mean the fact that that, that there aren't that many uh, uh, adults in the community in the Star Wars community watching this show there certainly aren't as many as there should be um, I think like that that colors the way that that information flows it's very easy for it to go from Rebels into Freemaker Adventures but the other way around it doesn't seem like there is conducive because there's like well how do we explain force builders and that sort of thing Mm. um but because it's like it makes sense when it's bricks but doesn't necessarily make sense i've been talking a lot about the force builder thing throughout this season um and whether or not characters like um like anakin and ray are force builders and that's one of the reasons why you know like if it were a lego version them just building with the force would make sense but because it's you know their characters in in the mainline star wars um it manifests in different ways we see it in different ways because obviously the world's not made of bricks but (laughs) i would love to see a little bit more of a strong connection with something like that um whether it be through through star wars rebels or something else and and you know i i hold out hope that whatever is next is um post return of the jedi and that that maybe we can get a, a few answers about 
Rowan and where he is um, after uh, the Freemaker adventures and once Luke is establishing a new Jedi Order. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we're going to see that in a season three of Freemaker adventures. So I... We have to wait and see, right? Nothing's been yeah. announced yet, but but let's hope. I I really hope that we're in the season three. Um, so yeah, I I Cordy basically decides for for uh, the the remaining Freemakers that they're going to rebel against the rebellion. They're gonna go save Rowan. Um, very Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, very Rogue One. Uh, meanwhile, Moc is actually putting himself back together. Uh, which is really important for the next episode. <laughs> it's a great, it's, it's funny. I love that they address it in the next episode, but um, um, this is actually where we get the dark side pitch from, from Palpatine. Where he's got his nice, his nice presentation. Um, and, uh, and then I, I, there's a, there's a great moment. I, where Cordy and, and the others are going to, they're going to, basically steal the arrowhead and um and they're like oh how are we gonna get to it there's all these guys around and whatever and then i don't remember exactly what happens because i watched this episode a couple days ago right valeria comes in and she tries yeah she tries to stop them from taking the arrowhead or she's curious about what they're doing all you know while knowing what what it is that they're actually doing um but cordy has this line in, in this scene where she goes that's lucky and it the delivery on it is exactly the same as ray in the force awakens when she oh, pushes the yeah when she pushes the 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 button and the doors close on the on the uh the the Rathtar tentacle saving finn and then finn's oh. like and then the door just came down and she just goes that's lucky and then they just go on and she like doesn't take credit for it. it the delivery on that line was exactly the same and that line is from the force awakens so i just thought that was really cool because we're really used to getting um, dialogue references from the original trilogy and occasionally you might get one from the prequels something like uh, hello there or um, I, you know I thought you'd be taller something like yeah, that yeah. right like because another happy landing is a good one to, to bring up but but we don't get as many from the prequels we certainly don't get a lot from the sequels yet because they're so new um, mm-hmm. because we only have one, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But I just thought like that was really cool that 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 line was in there, um, and that the delivery of it was kind of pitch perfect as a reference to Ray. I mean, like that's how I read it. I don't know if that's what what it was, but yeah. Um, like you said, Valeria kind of confronts them, but knows exactly what they're up to. She's like, yeah. oh, "What? What are you guys?" What are you guys planning on doing? And then she kind of goes, I, at the last second, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll cover for you because you're doing exactly what I would do. Um, mm. Go save your brother, right? Um, and yeah. and Valeria is this character. Valeria is a perfect example of what I was talking about before of, of um, Freemaker characters making their way into the mainline Star Wars. Um, I would love to see Valeria in uh, in Battlefront 2, right? Oh, I think that cool. she's a character that would be perfect for that. Like, just like she's the leader of Blue Squadron. For a second, I thought what we were going to get was Valeria and Blue Squadron 
going rogue with the arrowhead to go save Rowan to explain why blue squadron's not at the battle of Endor. Oh, that's, that's a good, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was kind of like, Oh, is that what's going to happen? But no, she just kind of covers for them. But, but Valeria is a character that I think, um, is very in line with, with the sort of the modern push of, of star Wars, um, in the, in the Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Disney era, um, to have, I, I, a female uh, squadron leader, right? A lieutenant, um, a, a character in authority. I think like that's that's such a great character to put out there. And then she's a she's a person of color. On top of that, it's like put put Valeria in everything that is within <laughs> that time period, as far as I'm concerned, because um, we kind of we kind of need that, right? I mean, we we definitely talked a lot about that when we were talking about Forces of Destiny. Yeah, um, yeah. And here's this here's this great character who I think has proven over this season that that she's actually a really interesting character and she's um she's she's a great rebel hero that we just didn't know about because there's so many heroes within the rebellion. Yeah. Um, and and here's this opportunity to see what's going on over here while the A team is over doing their thing, you know, Han and Luke and Leia and whatnot. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, a B team somewhere else, and then we've got a C team with the Freemakers, right? <laughs> and uh, and and having characters like Valeria come in is really cool. So um, use that character somewhere else, and I'm sure that they, I'm sure that they will. I'm sure that that's sort of one of those things where it's like somebody says, "Oh, we need a squadron leader here." Uh, you know, it's like, well, we could use Wedge again, but Wedge has lots of stories, or we could use this other character from Freemaker Adventures. So I hope that right. that happens. So, um, Leland, if you're listening, which I'm pretty sure you are, that's a freebie. You guys can take that one. Just, just, <laughs> just put Lieutenant Valeria in something, and I'll be happy. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, another thing that I thought was really great, uh, because they're kind of taking off. And and Roger, sort of, he has his, his like a little monologue about about sort of like we're freemakers and that's what we do, sort of thing. Because um, if I, what does he say? He says we don't freemakers don't leave anyone behind or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that is it's it's really cool this season how they've used Roger as the heart of the freemakers. He was sort of the silliest one in the first season. But amongst, you know, fairly silly characters, because Xander's pretty silly sometimes. But um, but Roger has actually become kind of he's the heart like he's he's because he does it again in Freefall where he, he has these moments where he's like, yeah, but what really matters is family. Right. And, and right. it's so yeah. weird because it's coming from a battle droid <laughs> um, <laughs> who we're so used to seeing as enemies. But yeah, like here's this battle droid that's uh, that's not only a hero, but he's also he's got this great sentimental streak that that uh, that I think makes him um, it makes him a little bit more integral to the Freemakers in this season. Mm. He's not just yeah, kind true. of he's not just kind of a sidekick. He's actually a part of the family a little bit more yeah. by doing that. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we, we get back to Palpatine and uh, Vader and Rowan, uh, Palpatine finishes his his presentation 
and he goes back over to Rowan and Rowan's asleep. Vader yes. has the great line. Uh, he nodded off during your explanation of the rule of two. Right. And it's just so good because, yeah, it's... Uh, I feel like that's a very, very subtle and very, like, like tongue-in-cheek jab at, at the prequels. Where it's, like, not to say, like, oh, the prequels are terrible. Because, um, you know, the, the prequel defenders will will come out. The pre- prequel defender force will will come out to, to, to defend the prequels. But... Um, I just think like, it's like, oh, it's, it's like whenever they make jokes about like a trade dispute or something like that. It's the same sort of thing of like, oh, oh I'm talking about the rule of two. It's, we've got to, we have to explain the Sith in, in the movie. Um, so I just thought that was funny. It was a, it it's was funny. Cause I thought it was more like, um, just like a jab. It wasn't that more of like something that came up in like the old Republic type of material. Yeah. I, there's the brief reference to it in the Phantom Menace. So that's yeah, kind of, that- that's true, but yeah, I was thinking of more yeah, of it, it, in terms of its origin. Yeah, it definitely is more of a legends um, concept. But, yeah. but I mean, I, this is the hard thing with Freemaker Adventures. It's like, okay, the story group is involved. It's not necessarily canon, except that everything that happens in Star Wars right now is kind of considered canon. Um, so it's one of those weird things where it's like, does this, does this officially, I don't, I don't recall. Does the rule of two ever come up in Clone Wars? Maybe it I does. I think it does. It, I th- it probably does. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if it gets mentioned on Freemaker Adventures, does that mean it's canon? Um, <laughs> cause, cause then things like the Kyber Saber and the Arrowhead are canon. And it's like, well, I feel like if the Arrowhead is canon, we may have heard about it somewhere else. Cause it, literally cuts right through star destroyers it seems like a an excessively powerful ship but i also like that whenever it did pop up the imperials who saw it saw it more as like it was just this blur and whatever it was they really never got a fine look at it so it was just it just existed as some sort of myth for for some time before it um you know before whatever happens happens at the end of the season so it it was just very interesting to uh see the reactions to uh the the imperials along the way (laughs) yeah that's a good way of thinking of it is it's like it to nobody ever really gets a good look at it except for moc and maybe vader and palpatine Um, Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah like it's kind of one of those things of of um uh, it's sort of it's such a crazy story that it that it just kind of falls to myth, like the way that that Ray refers to Luke Skywalker of like I th- I always thought he was a myth, mm-hmm. um, and it's like no, he was a real dude. We saw him in the movies, right? <laughs> so it's you. I think that's a really cool way to think about it. Is that is that just because we didn't hear about it while Luke and them were doing their thing doesn't mean that this cool thing didn't happen over here. Um, it's just that like. It, it was kind of like top secret ish or, or just kind of mythologized to the point where people are like, you're telling me that there's a single starfighter that could go, that could cut right through a star destroyer. That's ridiculous. But, um, who knows? Maybe, maybe these are, <laughs> these are the questions that we need answered. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that the end of that, um, presentation that, Palpatine was putting together there was sort of like a, a promotional gift at the end where he's yeah. like 
with a red lightsaber. After you get the red lightsaber and the cloak, you also get a limited edition calf mug. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those because if you go to the Lego store, you can get, the you can mug. get Lego yeah. mugs. And yeah. I really want a Lego mug with the, it's got the Imperial logo on it, right? I, I, yeah, that would be a pretty cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I want the one with the Palpatine's face that says uh, "best best uh, emperor in the galaxy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, awesome. So, I uh, Xander and Cordy, along with Roger, show up in the Arrowhead, and they manage to break through the Imperial blockade pretty easily. Like we were talking about, the the Arrowhead cuts through a star destroyer like a hot knife through butter. So, um, uh, and then the butter explodes. Um, and takes out another block of butter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, the analogy is falling apart, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, and meanwhile, I, I the mind probes come out, and I, I, um, there's like the pile of them, and, and Rowan's just been resisting all of the mind probes, which yeah. I think is really great. Um but Vader manages to retrieve the location of the kyber crystals himself, just sort of not even necessarily fully with the force, but just kind of through reading Rowan's reactions to things. It's like he can get kind of an impression of it. Um, and the thing that I really like about this is that uh, it it implies that Vader had the same sort of ability that Kylo Ren has in the force awakens, which is one of those things where people are always like, I don't understand if Kylo Ren could do that, then why didn't Darth Vader ever do that? Um, <clears throat> and then you like, you kind of go, well, maybe he did. It just kind of happened off screen in a new hope when he was trying to get the, the location of the, of the, the, um, the rebel fortress from princess mm-hmm. Leia. Right. Like I, what if exactly what happened in that scene is what we see in the force awakens. Right. And, and then we kind of see it a little bit more here where, where Roan is able to resist even Vader um, to a certain degree, but Vader's still able to get in there and kind of be like, is it this sector? Like he's kind of playing like a 20 questions sort of game to narrow it down. Um, right. And by doing that, by, by, getting the impression of it and then asking Rowan a question and then seeing how Rowan reacts. I think what's, what's cool about that is that Rowan is 12 and a half. Um, it's a really important point to, to remember everybody. Uh, <laughs> because he's so young, his, his power with the force might be really high, but he's still just a 12 and a half year old. So I, uh, his emotions might get the better of him in certain moments. And, and so Vader trying to just, he's using the force in conjunction with just good old fashioned interrogation techniques. And, and that's how he's able to discern it. And, and the thing about that, that that's great is that MOC wouldn't have been able to do that. No. Yeah. Um, And it sort of, it shows where Vader is, even though we, you know, we've seen MOC kind of one upping Vader in a lot of respects this season. Um, at the end of the day, Vader is Vader, right? So, so it was really cool for him to kind of get his moment this this episode, um, right? Where he yeah, gets... he knows how to play on on Rowan's fear and, yeah. and extracting the things that matter to Rowan. You know the the fear of failing the rebellion, yeah. the fear of failing his family, and then that's how he's able to yeah 
get his hands in there. The same way he does with Luke when he's like, when he's able to just kind of get into Luke's mind and be like, oh, you have a sister as well, right? right? And then he just kind of plays on that 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 thread until yeah. it breaks. And, uh, and and that allows him to, to get the upper hand on Luke for a moment. Actually, it it kind of backfires on him a little bit, but he thinks he's he's getting the upper hand on Luke. But yeah, I so I, I just love it when these things can sort of bring a little bit of consistency um, and 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 connect some dots that that aren't necessarily as strongly connected. Um, but Vader Vader figures out the location of the the crystals while uh, the Freemakers manage to infiltrate the the Imperial Palace, um, which um, I'll just point out. Again, that the Imperial Palace is the Jedi Temple, which right. um, yeah. which came from uh, expanded universe uh, novels like Legends novels, and then and then now is canon through through um, through the Freemaker Adventures as well as I think maybe it's Lost in... Stars also had a yeah. scene where they yeah. had a you know an Imperial ball there. Yeah, um, and then I think there might be a reference or two in aftermath um mm. and i want to say maybe in in um um oh shoot what was the comic the one about poe's parents um, oh um uh oh my god it's totally escaping my 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 memory yeah i can't think of it but people people know what i'm talking about the yeah. four-part <laughs> comic series which if you haven't read you should read um but yeah i i just love it when they when they do that it's like um, last season when we got to see the, uh, the Theed Palace had been turned into a museum in honor of Palpatine, which had actually <laughs> come from expanded universe material as well. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, like it's, it's serious in the expanded universe material that it, that it was in, but it's kind of played as, um, silly in in this context with with freemaker adventures so i just like how they kind of like they they reinforce some of that stuff but they can do it in a little bit of a subversive way um and they never they never flat out like they never point it out to you even though we get so many establishing shots of of the palace and we know that it's the jedi temple because it's so distinct with those five spires right Mm -hmm. like it's like we saw it so many times in the prequels and then in the clone wars you know, you lose count of how many times we, we see that establishing shot of the Jedi temple. So to see it under Palpatine's rule is, it's always one of those things that, that reminds me, it's like, okay, yeah, we're having fun. It's Freemaker adventures, but Palpatine's still a bad guy, <laughs> right? Like it's still, this is still Emperor Palpatine. We're talking about um, where he's perverted the Jedi temple into his personal palace. Um, I, and I, I, I love that um, that Xander and Cordy managed to, to grab some some disguises. Um, but uh, uh, as they've they've broken the blockade, the uh, the there's the Imperial officers who are like, ah, but Palpatine said do not disturb. So uh, <laughs> I I order you to do it. And then the other guy's like, I order you to do it. And then the last guy turns. He's like, I order. Ah, and then he has to go and he gets zapped. Yeah, um, poor Ensign. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and then they kind of just continue that, um, um, and then and then MOC shows up, 
um, and uh, and and Rogers got to kind of deal with him um, until MOC gives up in quotes. Um, while that's happening, Xander and Cordy manage to rescue Rowan using their disguises, uh, and then uh, as they're they're about to make their escape, they're just about to get away. MOC turns up like the bad penny that he is. Um, and he steals the arrowhead. Um, yeah. Ripping Roger apart. Ripping Roger too. apart, yeah. Um, but uh, but this leads to a really great moment on the ground where, uh, where Rowan uses the force to put back together one of the TIE fighters that the, that the arrowhead had, had destroyed. Um, and, uh, and then they all pile in and, uh, and, uh, escape, uh, as the title says, escape from Corson. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately MOC is pursuing them in the arrowhead and that's going to be, a, that's going to be a tough ship to, to outrun in a, in a rickety old TIE fighter. Right, um, a tie ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that again, it goes, it rolls right into the next episode, um, where as they're as they're escaping in this tie fighter. So this is this is the beginning of freefall now. Um, Cordy is sending a distress signal, and I love, I love the distress signal because she's just kind of she's like, yeah. So um. Maybe if you could, uh, and then Xander just kind of busts and he's like, send help, send help right now. Um, I know Matt would have enjoyed that because Xander has become Matt's favorite character on Free. Oh, he's such a great character. They use him so well. Such great comedic moments from him. Yeah. Um, And then the Freemakers get this moment of like, well, we can't outrun the Arrowhead in this TIE fighter. So... Let's just surrender because, you know, we'll just surrender. We'll get captured and then we'll escape just like we escaped this time. And just like we escape every time Uh, to which to which MOC is like, yeah, except that my orders are to destroy you. So they're like, oh, man. Um, And then he 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 this is this is the failing of every cartoon bad guy. Right. And MOC is no exception. Instead of just driving straight through the pod section like the cockpit of the tie fighter instantly killing everybody inside he decides to take the wings off of it (laughs) and xander has the great line where he's like one wing is all any good pilot needs and uh (laughs) and then and then the he takes the other wing off and he's kind of like maybe i need a wing at least (laughs) um and we think that that they're done for but that's when a very unexpected hero shows up to save the day. Right. Um, yeah. And this this came out of left field for me because I kept expecting Lieutenant Valeria. Right. Same. Yeah. It's like it's like well, obviously this is when Valeria shows up with Blue Squadron to save the day, right? Like they're gonna show up and they're gonna they're gonna rescue them. But it's not. It's actually Quarry in the Star Scavenger, um, and his justification for it it w- is. It was either save you or train a new apprentice. Yeah. And I figured this was easier. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a good moment. Corey is such a he's sort of a crotchety old dude. He's like, ah, I don't want to have to break in a new apprentice. Right. Um, which is great because he's come such a long way since since we met him in Star Wars Rebels, where he's kind of like, just leave me alone. Like, I'm just I just want to build my ships in peace. I don't want any part of anything. Right. Um, yeah and now he's he's 
entangled with the Freemakers and he can't get, he, he can't deny it. He's a, he's a part of the Freemaker family now. Um, <laughs> which again, another character brought forward from Star Wars Rebels into the Freemaker adventures and, and I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, it worked out very well. Yeah. Um, so they escape, but, but MOC is tracking them. Um, what they make, since they kind of figure that they, they make a, a desperate jump to Chantipole, um, of all places, which Chantipole, if, if people don't remember, is the planet that, um, that Quarry was on in Star Wars Rebels. So, um, that's going to be really important as they, they enter the atmosphere, um, and, uh, the storms force MOC to turn back, but, uh, but, but the star scavenger keeps going and it actually shuts down for right. a few minutes before it comes back on. And then, and then they manage to, to land at Corey's old shop, but just barely, um, <laughs> and Corey has another great line. This might be one of my favorite lines in the entire series where he goes, young people always screaming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> too good Corey's too good yeah i love how the ship when it was almost tipping over it was very similar to how the phantom was tipping over when they had landed in star wars rebels and that was pretty neat callback yeah it's it's one of those great star wars moments where it's the the reflection right it mirrors a moment from another star wars story so it's um this is these are all of the things that we need to be writing down into a manifesto to get everybody else to watch freemaker adventures because it's like <laughs> i think that people have this idea that it's that it's that it's just silly because it's lego and it's like no it's a real star wars story it's no less valid than anything else yes it has silly comedic moments but it's still it still has everything that Star Wars needs to have. Um, exactly. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's important about it is that it's like, OK, the you can you can be silly and you can be out there and you can introduce a character like Grabala because you've earned our trust with the fact that all of the Star Wars elements that need to be there, they're there. Right. And then and then you can push it a little bit farther. You can have something funny happen because we we're already in star Wars. Now it's just like, okay, but it's the silly version of star Wars. It's okay. We can do that. Um, mm-hmm. MOC remains in orbit, which kind of stops them from being able to, uh, to, to escape. Um, and, uh, and, and then Roger has a great moment where he's kind of like, like maybe we can like, we can like appeal to him and maybe just like with, with, with interpretive dance and and Roger starts, I, I, I think Xander or somebody is like, is like, Oh, you this is, that's a great idea to one of the things that Roger says, but Roger seizes on the dance part. So right. he just starts, he just starts dancing in the background. In the and, background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut across the galaxy to Vader, uh, aboard the death star uh, unloading all of the uh, the the kyber crystals that Grabala has has mined for him, mm-hmm. and and there's the great thing about this scene is that Grabala the Hut was on the second Death Star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was there, and I wonder, like, I guess this would have to, like, we are firmly in 
the time period of Return of the Jedi now because Vader is on the Death Star. So for Vader to like when Vader shows up at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, that's an important moment because I I think is it Jurgerod who's in charge of the second Death Star. I think he he's he kind of has that moment of like of like Lord Vader. He's kind of like oh, we've been waiting for your arrival, sort of thing. Um, so I I don't imagine that he was there beforehand. So so this is the moment where we actually start to to cross over. So the rebels must be massing at Solist at at this point in time, right? While the rest of this is happening, but it's just right. I love how they've played with the time period. Um, and how all of this other stuff is happening while Return of the Jedi is happening or sort of um, in the lead up to it, um, filling in a lot of the blanks for us. And mm-hmm. I, I, Grabala the Hutt being on the second Death Star is not a trivial thing to me. It's like there was a hut on the Death Star. Right. <laughs> while, I also love that he was. Sorry, oh, yeah. While other stuff is happening, while Luke and Leia are rescuing Han from Jabba, Jabba's, is it his nephew? Yeah, Jabba's nephew is off and he's on the Death Star working with Darth Vader. Like, right. <laughs> that's a real thing happening in Star Wars. And <laughs> I, I I, just, you know, we're so blessed to have Freemaker Adventures to, to enlighten us on these things. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> I love the the whole pitch to Vader about yeah. his Beast Side Resort and Buffet. I mean, and Yuppo showing up at the, the right moment. At the right moment. time, finally, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say... And I hope maybe 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 uh, uh, someone can confirm this. Uh, somebody uh, close to the production of uh, of Freemaker Adventures, if you're listening, can you confirm? I hope that there was at least a joke that's that that got cut. That's sort of like was at least in the mix at some point, where uh, Grabala brings up the shimmering blue sand. And that's where he loses Vader, where he's kind of like, I was, I really thought that there was a missed opportunity for him to like start the pitch and for Vader to be like, okay, I suppose I do owe you this. Like you did come through. What's your pitch? And he starts and he's like, yeah, we've got the, we've got the masseuse and we've got the five star resort. And, uh, last but not least the, the shimmering blue sandy beaches and that's the moment when Vader just like chokes him and throws him against the wall. And he's just it's like, I hate sand. And he just walks away. <laughs> um, but we do at least get the great joke of I'll take that as a think about it um, mm-hmm. uh, from Grabala, uh, which is just such a great joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to the Freemakers uh, on Chantipole uh, and an awesome uh, uh, building montage. Um to that epic version of the Freemakers theme that I just like that. It was such a great moment for those characters. Yeah, it was. Um, it was very, if it had like a very finale type moment. And even though this isn't the season finale, it's sort of, it, it had that great moment. Um, and then, uh, and then we see their plan in action with Roger disguised as Rowan. Cause they're, they're going to seize on, <laughs> on, um, on MOC's obsession with, with capturing Rowan. Um, uh, and, and, uh, MOC takes the bait, uh, bringing him in. And, uh, I, it turns out that what they were building was a tractor beam, which 
keen-eyed Star Wars fans probably figured that out ahead of time. I kind of was like, kind of like, okay, what do they build? It's a beam something. And I was looking at it going like, that structure looks really familiar. And then the second that we figured out that it was a tractor beam, I was like, oh, it's modeled after the tractor beam that, like the tractor beam generator that, that Obi-Wan shuts down on the Death Star. So if you look at it, it's kind of got that same shape to it. It's kind of like that, um, that like hexagonal cone sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was a really cool, that was a really cool way to sort of tie that together visually. Um, and it's another one of those things that shows that the people making this show know what they're talking about and they know what they're doing. Um, but uh, they, they managed to capture the, the, uh, the arrowhead in the tractor beam for a short time, but then Quarry and the tractor beam are struck by lightning. Um, but it's, it's enough because now the arrowhead is, is dropping. It's in free fall. Cause that's what the title of the episode is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rowan takes that opportunity to jump off the star scavenger. Um, actually the star scavenger, uh, uh, mini. What is that? What they call it? They call it something. Yeah, else. the mini scavenger. The yeah. mini scavenger. Yeah, he they jumps off of that, um, and lands on the arrowhead with the plan to to remove the kyber crystal. But um, but he has to battle uh, uh moc first. Yeah, that uh, was a fun duel on the ship as it was falling. Such a great like, and these are those Star Wars moments we're talking about, right? Can you imagine? Uh, a dual bladed droid uh, fighting a 12 and a half year old um, lightsaber protege on a ship falling through the atmosphere. Right. Right. Because that's what we got. And it's just like uh, in any other context, if we saw it on star Wars rebels, we'd be like, this is the most epic thing ever. But because it's Lego, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, but you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of do a little bit of that imagination gymnastics to, to, to place it in star Wars and go like, no, this happened in star Wars. This is just the Lego version. Um, so Rowan, Rowan eventually does manage to kind of defeat, uh, uh, MOC for long enough to get the Kyber crystal back. Um, and uh, and and in, at the last moment, they kind of they they enact the biggest part of their plan, which they know in order to destroy MOC, they're gonna have to. It's got to be a big boom in order right. to do it because they've they've tried so many times, and he's always just putting himself back together. So um, they do it by actually sacrificing both the Star Scavenger and the Arrowhead. Um, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those moments where you're like, did they really just do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in the finale because they don't have the Arrowhead or the Star Scavenger, but um, I, especially because MOC is going to take some of those pieces. But they they it it blow they both ships blow up and MOC with them. Um, so we're kind of like, oh, I guess MOC's finally dealt with. Until, of course, Xander jinxes it. And then MOC. Oh, he's just doing this to mock me. Yeah. yeah. And then MOC comes back. Um, and we prepare for yet another lightsaber battle. But that's when Rowan has his moment of clarity where he's like, this is pointless. 
we're just going to keep doing this. It's just going to keep going in a circle. And he uses that moment um, to outsmart MOC, or at least we think that he's outsmarted MOC until MOC then sort of runs with the logic. And then, and then I, I, that kind of backfires on them. And MOC realizes that, that the emperor's, plan is faulty so if this plan if the programming that the emperor programmed him with is faulty then the emperor's master plan could be faulty in which case moc has to get back to the emperor in order to let him know and the great thing about this moment is that it alludes to the fact that moc knows palpatine's plan with the second death star to lure the rebels into a trap and that's what he's got to, he has to get to the emperor. He has to save the emperor, um, and tell him that this was a mistake. Uh, and that, and that his calculations are incorrect. Um, so to do that, he builds like a hyperspace jetpack, uh, which, you know, at first he's sort of building it and you're like, what's he, what's going on? What's he building? It's like a <laughs> ring. And then he builds this thing that he attaches to himself. And then he goes and he attaches into that. And you're like, oh, he built like a hyperspace ring, like a Jedi starfighter. Yeah. But that was pretty just cool. for himself. Um, <laughs> and he takes off and, uh, and that's where we're kind of left is, is with our heroes stuck on Shantipal, um, and and moc rocketing off to to save the emperor Um, right and so yeah that's we've got one episode left Um, i love roger's line though he's like for what it's worth i really thought he was buying it yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah so then that's it it goes into the credits you're like that's that's amazing (laughs) it it is it's so great and it's really cool because i think that you could probably watch the last four episodes together as like a movie oh Um, yeah yeah so i'm excited to watch the last episode of the season i've been i've been delaying myself that that gratification um so that i can be speculative in an episode like this where i can go oh where are they gonna go with this right um but uh where do you think they're gonna go with this well obviously uh they're they're gonna build some sort of a ship with what they've got um and get to endor just in time um or or intercept moc possibly but i have to imagine that we're gonna see um that we're gonna see rowan and the freemakers uh and moc and how they are tangled up in what happened uh at the battle of endor um and that that maybe what happened with them happened on a different part of endor or a different area or maybe on the death star or something like that while everything else is going on i would love it if we got to see two things if we get to see um, a little bit of our of our A team uh, and where they are in their Lego versions, because we've seen Luke and we've seen Leia already this season, um, I would love to see Han because it would be the first time we see Han in Freemaker Adventures. Um, and but more importantly than that, I'd really like to know what Hera was up to during the Battle of Endor, because we know that she's there a because of sort of the setup of this season um within this season of freemaker adventures but also because we know that she's there from forces of destiny right so um i like i i want to see a little bit more of that connective tissue because we never see the ghost in the battle of endor but Mm -hmm. she's there with the ghost presumably right so um 
Yeah, I I that I kind of like to see that. I'd like to see if there's a connection there. And I I don't we've seen Hera, but we haven't actually seen the ghost this season, right? We have so we That's haven't That's true, yeah. So we haven't seen the Lego ghost. So I would like that would be really cool to see. Um it just like seeing you know, we've seen the ghost on Star Wars Rebels in that form. We've seen the ghost in Rogue One in the live action form. And I want to see the Lego form because it's one of my favorite Lego sets. The Star Wars Rebels Lego sets are the best ones. Um, the the ghost, uh, both Phantoms and the uh, and the ATT are my favorite Lego sets. The ATT, Rex's ATT is the best Lego set ever. Um, I have to get that. I have to get all of them, to be honest. So good. It's so <laughs> no good. Space, so no. the way that I have them set up is I've got the ghost with the Phantom 2 uh-huh. attached to it. And then I have the ATTE with the Phantom 1. Oh, on, that's smart. On that. Yeah. Um, docked on the top of that. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, so, yeah, I don't know. I, that's kind of what I hope to see in the last episode. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. Oh, no, no. Because I'll probably no. go and watch it maybe tonight or tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I I just think it's been such a great season. Um, I think that Freemaker Adventures is such a fantastic show. Uh, I can't wait to watch this this finale. Sorry. Um, what what Without spoiling the finale, what were your overall feelings on it? I know that you've probably talked about it on Star Scavengers, but... Oh no, we're going we're going about it one episode at a time, so we're still a oh, few wow. episodes behind. Oh, okay. Um, so we're actually finishing before you guys. Yeah. Because huh. <laughs> he did two an episode and we are we're yeah. only focusing on the one episode <clears throat> per week. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I figured because I saw you were doing your your reviews as the episodes were airing, I figured you were also doing podcasts. Oh, no, that would have been impossible to okay. do. <laughs> okay, cool, because it would have been like daily, right? Yeah, that would have been too much. <laughs> okay, um, cool. Well, then people need to jump over to Star Scavengers and listen to to uh, what you guys uh, have to say over there. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. Well, uh, give, give me just your brief season two uh, uh, feelings. I was uh, this ep- this season was a spectacular season, and I really love how they took it to the next level and continued the story yeah. from season one into season two. And oh gosh, I it's I, I even love rewatching episodes randomly mm-hmm. without you know the the burden of like oh do I have to watch this over again yeah <laughs> like yes let's watch it over again yeah um yeah it's it's been fantastic and I can't wait to maybe get a third season who knows if not then you know I'm I'm glad it existed yeah absolutely um awesome well uh, obviously people can can uh, listen to you over on Star Scavengers um. They can, they can let everybody know what, what are, what are all the things that they can, they can listen to you and find you at. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter with the Twitter handle blue Jag eyes and that's B L U E J A I G E Y E S. Yay. I spelled it right. (laughs) And uh, you can also find me at the wookiegunner.com and that's wookie with two E's. A lot of people start spelling it with one. Yeah. Um, and then you can also find me on other several podcasts, including Star Scavengers. Cool. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for filling in for Matt this week. Um, he'll be back for the finale next week. Um, but uh, that does it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelspodcast.com. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. I'm on Twitter uh, at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Uh, Matt is on Twitter at the crankster. That is crankster with a K. Um, we're going to be transitioning to rebel cells soon, but it's going to happen. Um, I figured I'm, I actually should wait for us to finish uh, Freemaker adventures so that we're not putting out episodes. Cause the most complicated thing about moving over to rebel cells is getting all of the feeds running properly. And I don't want to do that as I'm also adding episodes. So <clears throat> that's going to happen soon. Rebelcells.com and uh, the social media stuff is going to update as well. But uh, uh, for now, Rebels Podcast is where you can find all of that stuff. Uh, uh, Of course, we're also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, You can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Um, I know that there's some great stuff going on over at uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues um, with uh, Tim and Kyle, so everybody should go check that out. And if you want to support us, you can do that two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. Um, We've got lots of really great Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars-inspired stuff over there. Um, And, of course, the other way is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledging your support on patreon so the way patreon works is that you make a monthly pledge uh, as low as a dollar and that gets you access to certain perks so at a dollar you get the exclusive Thunderquack podcast um which uh, uh just recently we did an interview with matt um that is fantastic so you can learn a lot more about matt i've been doing these one-on-one interviews with all of the Thunderquack hosts so that we can all get to know everybody a little bit better um, and, uh, those are all exclusive podcasts sp- uh, specifically for Patreon supporters. So that's patreon.com slash thunderquack. It also gets you access to the exclusive Facebook group. Um, and at higher tiers, you get other cool stuff. So, um, check that out. Thank you to everybody who supports us. We couldn't do it without you. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jonah Marie, for joining me this week. I really appreciate it, especially Thank it was you. somewhat short notice. Not as short notice <laughs> as last time, but still pretty short notice. So I appreciate you being flexible um, oh, sure. <laughs> and, and subbing in for Matt. Uh, uh, but uh, that's it. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.